My mama would say, you gotta fight for what is right. To her, I would say, I wanna give back the world some light. But it's an empty road. I feel so alone. I forgot what I'm fighting for. When the weight of the world keeps you up at night. When you're running with no end inside. Thought you would You could find with Christ. You want to change the world, but you don't know where you should start. Mm-hmm. But you can't give your all unless you let God inside your heart. Patriots, what's going on? Hey, Leah. Hey, Scott. Long time no see. Yeah, just like almost no. Almost like I haven't seen you for about five minutes or something. Wow. Pretty crazy. Michelle, are we getting good volume? Okay, good. All right. Hey, we're going to start out like we always do, but tonight, I mean, like that's like saying hello to our sponsors, but tonight I'm going to let Leah talk about one of their sponsors first. All right. So um, if you guys are in the Bards Nation and uh, you guys are females out there and, and males too. We've partnered with a lady named Vicki Natali. Uh, she's one of the uh, actually pro team uh, with Dave Scarlett. And she's very organic, health conscious. And she would go to the store and she's like, I can't find anything for my face. It's lotion. It's all chemicals, petroleum. So she prayed on it. And the Holy Spirit showed her some recipes 
And she came up to us at uh, this the uh, Moment of Truth Summit. And she's like, hey, if I send you a bunch of my stuff, would you like to partner with me? And I'm like, well, you can send me your stuff. We'll see, right? And I was like trying it. And it actually took me like a month to like open the box. I felt kind of bad. And then I opened the box and I was like, these are so tiny. And then I looked at the recipe on the back and I was like, oh, these are so expensive. And then um, I was like, she's organic, frankincense, highly Christian. So this one, my favorite is the OBE uh, Flawless Face Serum. It comes in a light, little tiny bottle. And I actually feel really good about putting it. You can put it under your eyes Scott, no, if I'm you gonna, want to I, try I, it. Smell it. Go ahead. Open up. Oh, okay. Use it. Watch this. This yeah. is going to be a real test. It'll okay. transform your face. Transform oh, my your eyes. goodness. My face but already like, transformed into the whiff. It's literally healing. And, um, my, all my wrinkles just went away. Yeah. I feel good about using it. And yeah. it's it doesn't you clog your pores. This is my favorite thing is I use a couple drops in the morning, a couple drops at night, and it lasts forever. So this is for the rumble, folks. You can see yep. it right lasts there. forever. Get some. They find it at OBE. She also sells no OBE. No. Organicbodyessentials.com. I'm not an advertiser, but like let's um, let me do this. Okay. Wait, we have a promo code on it. Yes. All right, listen. This is the stuff the best stuff you possibly need for your face. <laughs> All right. So here's the deal. Resistance chicks are, are and this is one of their products, which means it's gonna be awesome because they only endorse good stuff. Oh, they test it just the like truth. me. Yeah. Okay, just like me, we don't endorse anything that we don't like. So this is OBE, which is, say it again, Michelle? Organicbodyessentials.com. Organicbodyessentials.com. Okay. You head on over there, and then you have a, you have a code? RC. Oh, your code is RC? RC. Oh, your code's RC. That's even easier than BARD's. <laughs> okay, no, this doesn't have the BARD's code. So head on over there and check it out. Buy a bunch of them because it's good. You need them. You're going to need them for when the world ends, too. No, seriously. It's really good. It's really healthy for your skin. And she also has something that is CBD oil. It's a tincture. And... It's amazing, a dropper full, and if you've got like a pain in your hip, um, I my back went out, and it's not, I don't know, what do you call more marijuana? It's it's, it's just the tincture. It's just the oh, look the, at that. the terpenes from it. It's pronounced obey. Is it? That's why someone obey. just corrected me. Obey. All right, thank you. Obey. A Sierra Poodle. I will with obey. Would you like to try some, Mr. What am I trying on? Uh, the, let me tell you something, Bars Nation. You can't see this. I'm literally. I'm. I'm, I'm going to be. A oh, you're going to give him. No, 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 no. This yeah, go ahead. For your hip. That's oh, for your hip. Let's see how it, let's I'm see not, how it does. I'm not putting on my hip. I'm wearing pants. No, you yeah, put you it on your, your mouth. It's it's oh, the it's right. the uh, tincture. Ahead. It's gross, but it's um that's the uh, you, you can you can use it on your skin. You can rub it in. You can do all kinds of stuff. My voice better not go away. No, yeah, it's it won't. Really good for you. It's good. It's and we'll see how it helps us. Let me just put it like this: on a scale of cod liver oil on one <laughs> level, and we go up to the other level of like a, a beautiful honey. We're at about. A two, but it's digestible. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll see it tomorrow, and how, we'll see how your hip feels. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be better. It's cool. All okay. right, so you All got right, the goop. Go. Yep, you got it. All right, so we're going to have some fun tonight. Hey, we just had a really awesome show, about two and a half hours. I know, and this is really different for uh, Barge Nation because we don't usually go shows past an hour. Yeah. But this week has been absolutely fantastic, and I'm really honored and blessed to be here with you all. Um, it really is blessed, and it's been a wonderful week. We have, we're gonna do, we're, by the way, everybody, we're going to be doing shows tomorrow, and we're going to do a morning Saturday. We're kind of just adding it in while we're here, just packing in the shows, but we can. And then we're going to do our normal Sunday prayer, and then we're going to do Sunday evening, peace be still. So all that's on schedule, but um, we're just having a great time. And part of what, part of this, and I, for me, I think for you as well, we're, we're demonstrating something in the Holy Spirit I think we forget 
which is joy. Mm. And we've been having serious moments. We've been doing some very serious work. But the one thing I will tell you that we are really good at and we're all reminding ourselves of is to flow in and out of the joy of the spirit. Mm. So we go, I mean, we get to intense, we talk serious things. It's, but that's the other thing. Everything we've been doing, 100% is centered around the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's, and I'm just going to tell you, if you can get your, this is, if you can get your family in life like that, that's like, you're about 80% farther down the road than where you most people. No, you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, on that last session, I was really disappointed in Michelle that, you know, she, she bared her whole soul to you, but there was something that she did not. And then when our, when our, and our friends, Stacy and, and John found this out about Michelle, yeah, they were seriously disappointed in her. And so I'm going to confess for her <laughs> that when we are on road trips, Michelle, she, Michelle has a sinful nature that comes out and she will actually desire to stop at McDonald's. No. Yes. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> oh my gosh. When was the last time that we ate at McDonald's? It which lo which road trip? You tell me. I don't even know what to say right remember, now. I remember, but. It's been a very long time. I'm delivered. The disappointment. No, no. I am delivered. No, stop. I am delivered. Okay, it goes the, back to my childhood. The disappointment in John Stacey's And it, it happens consistently, actually. I'm no, and Robert and it. Jamie. I'm going to stop confessing I didn't it. think it was that big a deal to people. I don't know. I mean, like, this is... <laughs> Robert and Jamie were like, I don't even know if I can be your friend anymore. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of where this ranks on the I level of sin. <laughs> Apparently, to all of our friends, it's up there. Like, I could fornicate regularly, and they'd be like, meh. You go to McDonald's? You go to McDonald's, and it's like. Like a fire baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. But I don't. We have not been going to McDonald's. It does not hold the same appeal. You know why it doesn't hold the same appeal? Because you went to rallies. No. <laughs> You went to Riley's instead. No, 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 no. Because they keep telling me that they're going to put like bugs yeah. uh -huh. in right. the in the food, and yeah. I like I can't. Okay, wait, 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 now, wait. I, I have some, don't say what you're about to I'm say. Please say don't that. do it. Either. No, no, it's not. It's coming. No, they already are. <laughs> what is wrong with so you? So John and Stacey, they were like, they do what I do. They're like, at least go to Wendy's, Michelle. <laughs> it's like fresher meat. Which is what we have been doing. Where's the beef? Right? I don't, uh, just for the record, I do not feel that um, a, a trip to McDonald's is that big of a deal. Um, but some people do. And yeah, I, I find that, it hilarious. That's, that's kind of, it's almost like, yeah. Wow, oh, no. All right. We're going to pray over you tonight. We're good. I I told you I'm delivered. <laughs> I mean it. Okay, somewhere, the bugs did it. I'm going to tell you something right now. Somewhere deep inside, <laughs> there is a no beef burger down there somewhere. We got it, <laughs> demon. We got to get out. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Goodness. No, it's so funny. I like. I got to admit, I do like McFlurries and French fries. Like oh, seriously. Man. And Leah steals my French fries. As a matter of fact, and I can't find this video anywhere. Okay. And you may have seen this if you ever watched our show on, on YouTube way back when right. we did a, a, a music video. Mm -hmm. Literally, we did the songs to the, sh the, sh the song Sugarland. How do the, the regular lyrics there go? He goes, 
Oui. No, we can't change it yeah. now. But it, well, we changed it to French fries. There you go, stealing my French fries again. And so, and we did dance moves. It was really good. Flips. I mean, it, we had costumes, and it was the main video on our YouTube channel for years. I'm gonna, I'm gonna totally. Find it. I'm it's gonna gone. To, I'm gonna totally disrupt this entire event here. Oh dear. Here it goes. Because she steals French fries. I know. I do admit it. But, but, it's she steals French. She says, I don't want any fries. Yeah, and then I get home and I have two left. What did you sing Let Sunday morning? Thief steal no more. Uh, Amazing Grace? Go. Right now? Yes. Not me. My voice. You go. Do it. Really? For real? Yeah, for real. Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was lost but now I'm found was blind but now I see That's awesome. Yay. That's Look awesome. at that. That, that, was, that. that was Michelle. That, re, that was her redemption for the first It was. <laughs> and I, I can't, I can't, I, you know, if I. someone else's sin? No, but if I, if I don't mean it, can I say, can I repent? Because I don't mean it. If I, I will steal your french fries again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that works. Father God, I want to repent for something, a, st a thievery that I'm going to do, and I'm going to keep doing it, but I want to repent anyway. I don't know how that works. That's like a whole new level of heaven right there. Yeah. Patriots, that was Michelle. Yay. And I really want to tell you that these two ladies are much more talented than they ever they, they give off. They are amazing. Leah plays the guitar, has another beautiful, boy, beautiful voice. Maybe tomorrow. Uh, we'll see if the Lord brings it back to me. I've been telling too many testimonies. Okay. I'm praying too much. I mean, it's it's well, it, I'm my saying voice is maybe, gone, but maybe, like seriously, I maybe play the guitar. Yeah. We'll just mic it up. There you go. That'll be good. Okay. So I just, you know, what I, this is what I I love is that it's the the talents, the richness of what God gives us, and like these two ladies have amazing level of talent, and you don't see it. I'm just going to give a little testimony here because you don't see it as much. I mean, you see it glimpses of it on their show. They did a good job of documenting things, but. In their life, they have learned to literally live completely off the grid. And when I mean this, mm. these two ladies, they make their own soaps, they make their own dish, so, dish laundry detergents, they can their own food, they do their own, their own pickling and fermented vegetables, they raise their own beef, they slaughter it or raise their own uh, animals. I wish we raise our own beef, yeah. but we buy that in. Right, but you, you have... You do, Chickens. Last night is a testimony. When, uh, and we gave it earlier, but in a different way. One of the chickens got attacked by a dog, and Michelle had to kill it. Dispatch. And so here's the thing. It was just like it was just. I watched it. And it was just like so natural. Just put the chicken in the, the blood cutter drainer thing. Cone. We got a chicken cone. Chicken cone. And it like by by before a show, and the show was like 20 minutes away. Michelle had the chicken completely. That was really fast. Yeah, you did a good job plucking. Plucking it out, and it was already. And then she and I just butchered it, and it was done. And it's just, it was just such a flow. And then, of course, there's music, and they have an unbelievable life here, of living completely in the Holy Ghost. And this is a house that, when you come in, you feel it. And it's 
is so natural, you go back saying, why aren't we all living that way? It's really beautiful. So, Thank you. And it's, it's truly, and, it's, and this, you know where this comes from? This comes from the seed of a great mother. My mama. Who has brought this into their life, mm. and they have listened, and they have walked. And I think that's some of the richness that, I, I'm not saying you don't, but I would say that it doesn't, it isn't as well known about you, but it needs to be. Mm. Because it's a living by example, which I will tell you, you do well. Mm. You really do. So Yeah. No, that's really good. I appreciate that. You know, my mom and I were actually just having a conversation. We all were having our own deliverance. And if you haven't gone through any deliverance from Bards Fest, then watch out because he's coming for you. That's a God is. Because <laughs> everybody was. And every, if, you, if you felt like you went away and you were just fine, then <laughs> you're not. And... Uh, <laughs> It's true. I had a vision of one of you carrying around some weights. You're going to get those weights off. Um, but uh, I thought that was like bags of gold dropping. It was them. dropping the money, brother. Yeah, okay. Here we go. Leaving it off so you can run this pace that Scott makes you run. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Jeez, like this guy needs no sleep. Uh, we just keep on ministering. It's great. I, I love Michelle and I just kicked off the day before even Scott was came in michelle and i were just like boom hit the ground holy ghost flowing it's awesome but um to to your point about my mom you know my parents uh had a rocky marriage they got divorced and um it was rough financially and there was something that my mom learned later that we wish we had learned then and i think that um a lot of you are working through sexual perversion and different things in your past and you're going back in your memories and you're redoing them well let me show you what i've been redoing um, we struggled financially, even though, um, I think I told you this, my grandfather, he had a business. He came over from Sweden. He was very, very intelligent man. He came over from Sweden on his boat. His, his father left him, abandoned him. And so he was not a good father. He didn't know how to be a good father. And he raised my dad who didn't know how to be a dad either. And that's how the cycle goes. And, uh, but he was really smart and he was an inventor and he created the, um, this, the cigarette flip boxes, that that cardboard, he worked for a paper factory and he created that. And the zip tie on ice cream when it was plastic, the mm-hmm. zip, he created that zip. Really? Yeah, he was a zip, zip guy. And then uh, he got tired of not making any money, of working for a company, making all these things, and they take your patents. So he started his own company. He's like, what does, what does everybody need? And he started a broom factory in Dayton. But then people didn't want brooms anymore. So then he went into restaurant supply. There was no middleman for things like KFC and um, restaurant supply. So he became a restaurant supply and then he became uh, a fabricator of, uh, restaurant equipment. So he starts this, this company and, uh, he's, he's really smart and it, it gets really successful. He was the guy who invented the, uh, squirter for sour cream. You see it like talking about oh, really? yeah. and the, uh, the bags that your pizza come in hot. Yeah. That's, he did that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So he's a little inventor man. And, uh, a little inventor man. Yeah. But he didn't know how to love. I don't think I've spoke. I don't think he spoke 10 words to me in my entire life. Wow. Did he ever speak to you? I don't think he, he never spoke to us. Never spoke to us. Um, my grandma, who um, he married and later find out, like, she's this, like, she looked like um, Elizabeth Taylor when she was younger and grew up to look like Elizabeth Taylor when she was older. And my grandfather was married to a Swedish uh, Norwegian woman whose dad came over. Um, we're very Swedish. We're very Scandinavian. They came, my my grandfather came over from Sweden and then he married a woman whose parents came over from Sweden, Norway. And, uh, my, uh, grandfather, my grandmother's name is Faith. That's what I'm named after my middle name. And her father came over as a Lutheran minister and he wanted to spread the gospel here. Well, um, I don't know how much of a Christian 
my Nana really was. I think she loved God, but didn't really display it very much. She was a sweet, sweet woman. She really was. But she didn't still didn't really talk to me too much. So um, I, grow in, I grew up in this household, and my, um, my dad and, and all the boys, they all worked for the business. But in that business, it was well known, even by strangers, <laughs> who would say, you had to be a certain type of woman to work at the business. I'm not going to name it. Almost did. It doesn't matter. Um, and every it was well known that they picked they, they they picked the lookers at this at this particular business. And there, okay, we got it. Um, they, they um it was there was always just kind of a an underlying sexual perversion in in that in that family, and not a lot of love, and certainly not a lot of self sacrificial love. But my mom. She loved, she absolutely loved. And she knew as soon as she had, you know, me and Michelle, she's like, I got to raise these girls. I got to stay at home. I got to take care of them. But my dad is very interesting. He's like, no, you got to go to work. You got to go to work. You got to go to work. And um, like there were times when he like had her work at Arby's. Like how stupid is that? You're like, you own a, you're like, your dad owns a business and you work for a business. Why is your wife? And he, I think it was just because he, he really didn't love her. Like he wanted to cause her pain and he knew it caused her pain. So we end up getting, we end up getting divorced as the family is. And we move here with my grandma. My grandma at that time was a smoking, cussing, drinking alcohol. Like her mind was broken. It wasn't her fault. Um, and she ended up getting healed before she died. So it's absolutely beautiful story there because my grandma didn't know how to love. Like I didn't have anybody in my life besides my mom that knew like how to be nice. Like I look at, I look at these parents and I look at other kids. And it's like, wow, your, your parents are nice to you. Like if you need something, they will buy it for you. Like my dad was like, that's what I give your mother child support for. I'm like, that barely pays for rent, you know? Yeah. You know, you could not ask him for a thing. You dare not ask him for shoes or clothes. Do not, not do not ask him. And so that's a that was a kind of a barrier in asking and going to God, you know, because it seemed like when I was younger, you, I'd ask God for things and it didn't come. But at the same time, I loved God. And I knew that I could love God, but I had to forgive God and I had to learn. And what my mom and I were working through, is to ask God for the right things. Mm -hmm. And so we, um, when we got back from Bart's Fest, I was like, Mom, and I was just talking to her about last night, I was like, Mom, we needed to not ask God for money. We needed to ask God for the land. We actually had the land. I'm going to tell the story again if you didn't hear it. Um, this property that we're on, it was a five-acre kind of a plot, and we had, we, we our family had enough that um, we could have done more than we do now, you know? And I was like, we could, Mom, we're going to go back there in our brains, and um, we're milking a cow, we're getting chickens. And she's like, yeah. And we're outside all day and we're homeschooling. And I'm like, mom, God is going to fix that. God is fixing that. He's redeeming it, but we have to speak it out. And she's like, and I said, mom, I really true think that, think that I really truly believe it's a blessing that I do get to live with my mom. And, you know, some of the best times of my life are like when my mom will be like, Hey girls, I have a project for you to do outside for me. And I'm just like outside with my mom and I'm like doing a project. And it's like redeeming that time. And with that being said, um, and loving my mom and knowing the love that my mom had for me and knowing that she was always pointing me to Jesus. And I know a lot of people think it's really weird that we live with our mom. And a lot of people have said over the years, you girls, you're never going to get married unless you leave that house and you leave your mom and you do all these things. And I'm just like, you, your life is not good enough for you to be telling me how to be loved my life for, for one thing, right? You are not, you're, you are not as six, you're not very successful in life for you to be telling me how to live my life. Secondly, um, when 
what my mom did was cultivate in us as the Cantrells for us to listen to the voice of God for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So let me just tell you, I listen to the voice of God. Okay. And please don't tell me or Michelle to do something because you think in your flesh that you have an answer on how we can do what God, what, what you think God wants for us, because that is one of those things we have to be careful when we're speaking into people's lives, Very. that we are not speaking out in our minds, what we can figure out, how people can get things done. And so my mom, from the very young age, and I love what the Cantrells do this, she did the same thing. Hey, we would call family meeting, lay it all out on the table. You guys go pray, see what God says. And, and we did this over and over and over again. And I can see how we, you know, we made giant choices in life. You know, I moved out to Raymond. I graduated a year early from high school. My mom, my sister went out to Oklahoma and that was where we, we began to get healed. We got set free from toxic relationships. And then we took a 3000 mile bicycle trip, which was my, which was my mom's idea, by the way. And, uh, I got to plan it out and every stop was a missions trip. And my mom really entered into ministry and it was really powerful like trip. And we ended up back here taking care of my grandma and my uncle. But a lot of that was like, um, step-by-step step, not seeing the end from not seeing where this could end up because I had prophetic words when I was 15 and 16 years old, um, over my life. I went to, we were homeschooled for a little bit. Then we went back to public school and the Lord told me to be homeschooled again. And while he told me to be homeschooled again, um, is when I really got into the presence of God. And, um, I would spend like an hour alone with God every morning and I would be praising God. And that's when I learned how to pray, play the guitar. And that's when ministry started and the prophetic voice started. And I would get prophetic words for just all kinds of people. And I, you know, you, you, you read first Corinthians and everybody's operating in the, in the gifts of spirit and I'm laying hands on the people and everybody's getting slain in the spirit. There, there's miracles. People are getting healed. And that was when the Lord said, you've, you've hit a ceiling. But in that time, in that time, I had some homeschool friends and they introduced me to a book and it was by Eric and Leslie Ludi. And it was a couple who did something different than dating, and it was called courtship. And my mom said, you can date when you're 16. And that never felt right to me because there always was something in, deep inside of me that um, you, can, you, you follow the voice of God in everything. But in marriage, people do not. They just pick. Good. And I thought... Well, I mean, when I say good, yeah, no. I, and that's a good observation. I mean, I think that's absolutely correct. You know, and I just, I'm, I'm listening to God on where to buy a new pair of shoes or something. Mm-hmm. And for a, your life partner and what God's put on your, on your life, you don't think that you can pray about it and God bring it together. Like it's, it's mind boggling to me. I even went to, when I went to Rama, they make you go out on a date and they make you date and they, and they make fun of the idea that God has a person for you. They, they tell you straight out, and Jason can tell you this, God does not have one person for you. That, um, and this, I was like, I'm sitting there in class, I'm like, well, Craig Hagan, you ended up getting a divorce. So is your teaching really right? Okay, mm-hmm. so who's right here? And I also remember at that time, they were making fun of homeschoolers and backwards, and now I think you homeschoolers are something like, watch out, you have to listen to God yourself, especially on these kind of life decisions, but I can tell you this, that when you read the Bible, do you think that God put Ruth and Boaz together? That's the answer is yes. Yes. Do you think that, you know, Abraham literally told his servant to go find a wife for Isaac 
And and he didn't even have the Holy Spirit. And he was led by God to find Rebecca, mm-hmm. the one. Right. Okay. Um, you can see that Abraham and Sarah are a match. You can see that obviously Mary and Joseph, God picked both of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? An angel visited both of them. And so that always was a common theme. God put Adam and Eve together. So it always seemed just simple to me that there was, there is a match for you, that mm-hmm. God has created someone. Um, my, I have a friend who says, same artist, same brush. That is beautiful. You know? And God, if God has a plan for Bard's Fest, would not God have a plan for who you who you can you're going to do ministry with for the rest of your life? Okay, so this is really good. And can I jump in here? Yeah, because this is what we've been talking about all week, mm-hmm. and it's really powerful because when you and I want to use this as a reflection of what you're saying, if mm-hmm. I may. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right, so resistance chicks and. Scott Kesterson, Bards of War, okay? This was on YouTube. And why I stumbled on your channel, only God knew. Now We were kind of big then. <laughs> I think you had just 10,000 subs, and I think I was just a little bit more. Somewhere. But we had um, we had videos, I, I missed them, that used to go viral, like big time. But go, keep going, keep yeah, going. Yeah, so, okay. I, have a, I need trauma deliverance from <laughs> that. I know somebody else who needs that too. We'll talk about that later. Okay, so here's what's interesting though. And it was at Bards Fest one that um, we met. We thought, yeah. I mean, you you didn't remember, and we initially didn't remember each other. We saw each other, didn't mm-hmm. remember each other, and then all of a sudden it clicked. And the minute we did the interview, if you remember, mm-hmm. that was like a rocking interview. We had such a great time. Yeah, it was awesome. And it's what started this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, that's um, as we connected we are all teaming you and i talking with jeff brain the cloud hug team god Mm -hmm. bless his soul jeff brain thank you jeff thanks jeff Jeff, thank you jeff for those of you don't know jeff passed away and um anyway it's awesome and so it goes on and we built this slowly and steadily but more and more incrementally we just keep finding these connections and we would have calls and we would end up talking for like two hours on a regular call just as things randomly went and then we get to bars fest and I, I'm going to talk to this in terms of what Leah's sharing, but I, I want to be clear that if it's exactly in a certain words, if you're going to do some ministry with somebody and God's putting it on your heart and he's guiding it, then why wouldn't he do the same for your marriage? Mm-hmm. Right. And so we connected. Yeah. And it was more than, a, I mean, we teamed together and it grew and it was just a fantastic event and we connected and then we ended up, which was not scripted or planned, on the Sunday because you two, Joe, were going to get baptized. And then Brian from Glad Tidings Church looked at me with those eyes. And I've told the story already, but mm-hmm. it's, and I know the eyes because I know Brian well. He's just like, dude, you need to listen to your heart because you're supposed to do it too. Mm-hmm. And from that point, a word was given, sisters and brother. Mm-hmm. And it was given to us. And we've explored this all week. And it's just been really fantastic because. Just as we talked earlier, and I'll use this specific word for a reason, we are not yoked. We are teamed. Yeah. And there's a difference. And the ministry is not yoked to one another. We are teamed and we are are set up in such a way now that as we go our ways, we do our ministries. As we come together, we empower and strengthen the ministry to a greater level in the kingdom of God. That is truly a definition of a great relationship 
that our father builds, and I and it was something that he brought together unexpectedly, but in perfection in the way he does. So I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, so um, that's, that's really true, and I think that everybody can see that, but again, when it gets to their marriage, they really truly believe that they have just a choice, and then they ask God Correct. to bless that. Yeah, correct. So I mean, I just so, wanna... it's, isn't it, it's a strange dichotomy. <laughs> I walked the path of destruction on that place. Yeah. It's a strange dichotomy that everybody's like, no, I can just pick somebody and over 50% of marriages end in divorce. Yep. And so you've got, let me just, you know, I was praying about this and, and the power of God kind of came in me pretty strong. And to you gentlemen out there, please listen to me and listen to me with an open heart because the Lord has a message for you and it is soldiers. We have a race to run. And in your broken, in your relationships and your choices that you have made, we have stopped. We have had to stop and fix you because we are running a race and we need you on our team. We really, truly need you. And so we shouldn't have to do all of this inner deliverance. It's, it should not be. We will do it. But here's the thing. Every time, if you're, in, think in military terms mm-hmm. and you've got a team out in th- you, you put this in military terms because you're out in Afghanistan mm-hmm. and you've got a guy and he shoots himself in the foot. Right. Self-inflicted. Yes. Okay. Self-inflicted went horrible because now let's say you're on operation, self-inflicted. You've now taken on a burden for the team for every one man down in an injury like that. It can be anywhere from three to five support to make him work, to get him back. And ultimately it's about 10 people to get him healed into the rear, rear, wow. rear area. So the whole principle of an enemy to, to, to degrade an army is not to kill, but to maim. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, yeah, because you can leave a dead guy behind. Correct. I mean, not that you would, but it's yeah. a body bag. And I, I hate to say this, but it's a body bag and it's thrown in the back of a Chinook mm-hmm. okay, or whatever vehicle. So I'm not trying to minimize the, the tragedy of that. But the fact is it's cleaner than dealing with somebody that's wounded. Mm-hmm. So I think I know where you're going here. And if I may, and then just correct me. What I'm hearing you say, which I think is fantastic, and you're speaking to men in general, mostly men, but and women too, because you're my women warriors, and you're making you're you're making us all have to slow down a little bit. Right. So these self-inflicted wounds that people are putting in, you're taking the time away from fighting the enemy to have to deal with the internal issues of repair and getting people back on their feet. Yeah. And some of you are being so inflicted with pain, with actions and decisions we make, or wounds, I should say that you're literally pushed out of the field of battle and you may not return. So we have a two-tier weakening of the Mm -hmm. force. One is degradation by effectiveness as a result of self-inflicted wounds. Mm -hmm. The other is a loss of capacity because the person is taken literally off the battlefield. Mm -hmm. If I may, I have a real story about this. Yeah. Okay, so there is a unit that was being, it was in Afghanistan. It was um, followed the unit I was with when I was with better with the Canadians. And they came in, they were called the Madus, and they came from Quebec. And their commander was what they call a top-down commander, meaning that he needed to know every single detail, and he directed everything from the top. Mm. Okay, And he had no sense of trust in his people. See, God has trust in his people. Mm-hmm, right. So what ends up happening is that they go out into the fight, and they hit heavy firing in, in with the Taliban. Mm-hmm. And this is down in Kandahar region. It is so bad after 10 days, I am literally... 
up in the northern part of Afghanistan, and I get a call from the colonel, and he says, I need you down here. I think we are going to lose Kandahar in 10 days. The Canadian force went from 90-plus, like 90-90% operational effectiveness to less than 30% effectiveness in less than 10 days, in under 10 days, and which makes them operationally ineffective. Mm. The only solution, and this is what's really important about the story, was for the Americans to mobilize all the forces they have, Mm -hmm. including special operations teams, and deploy in mass in the field to do concentrated fire to wipe out the enemy. Mm -hmm. Now, the question I have is in this battle, Mm -hmm. when we are doing self-inflicted wounds, who is going to be that unit that rescues us? And the answer is no one. Yeah. Wow. That's really good. And, you know, I actually got kind of a word that I haven't uh, actually sent. And this was for um, Pastor um, uh, Brian and Dave over there. And I told I told Scott, I think it's a bifurcated word. I think it's for both Pastor Dave at Glad Tidings and for Brian and Alicia. And um, I had... And I had this vision, Pastor Dave was just crying, prostrate before the Lord, saying, help me to end the abuse. Would you tell, um, and I was in this message, I'm going to send to Brian Alicia, would you tell him that reinforcements are coming, that he is not alone in this fight, but he is an outlier in the kingdom because you got the word for other people, set my, set my children free. The connections he has made in the spirit and in the physical have shaken heaven and the ripple effect of the healings that have begun at Glad Tidings, and this is not an overstatement, are currently now even changing the world. If you had not gone to Glad Tidings, you wouldn't have learned deliverance, and all these people would not have gotten saved and healed and all these different things, right? Um, Demons wouldn't have been cast out. I mean, think about the the ripple effect. And the Lord says that you can rest at, at your pace, at your quick pace that you have been running. You've asked, why am I here? Why did you put me in this position? You're like this uh, spiritual Tim Ballard, and you've had to hear things that no one should have to hear, and you've had to see things that no one should have to see. And you often have to take a bath for your mind to make sure nothing gets stuck there. And there's a scripture that says that if you see somebody sin, make sure that you are a very spiritually mature person. It says, you who are spiritual, restore such a one, lest you fall into that same sin. And I think that really, really applies to as we are doing inner deliverance, as we're doing inner healing. If you are not a strong Christian and somebody begins to tell you about sexual abuse, you're not going to understand how and when maybe to stop that person from confessing all the deep sexual sins that need to be, you know, all the details. And also you're going to have, if you're not spiritually in tune with the father, you're not going to be able to um, put up that barrier in your brain. So those, those images that they're trying to get out of their system do not get into your system. I agree. Okay. So be careful when you are actually doing deliverance that you're not receiving their sin. And their thoughts and their actions as your own, well, right? That's good. That is so good. You know, and and so you don't just throw somebody into some of these deep deliverance things. Um, but I, I did ask Brian. I said, I bet the majority of people that you're dealing with are sexual sin, and he said, eighty nine percent of our abuse, most of those are sexual abuse. And so the reason we are hitting the Alfred Kinsey thing so hard, and the reason we're hitting the population control, um, gender reassignment you know, genital mutilation thing so hard is because is it worth it to live in that kind of um, self-pleasing atmosphere while children are being harmed? And the answer to me has always been no, no. And the answer to me has always been, you know, 
Um, I love my friends, um, John and Stacy, very, very much. And but they, you know, sometimes people don't understand. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw this out there: why we don't do things that we want to do. Okay, if it were up to me, I would be um, hiking the every mountain on the planet. I love to hike mountains. Mm-hmm. We got a chance uh, in um, Montana, and the Revelation Red Pill happened to be in Montana, and we got to you know kick. No. Oh, sorry. Sorry. The Red Pill Expo. It's late at night. The Red Pill Expo. The first G. Edward Griffin Red Pill Expo. Yes. 2017. Mom says, I think you should go. And I'm like, should we go? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. We get to go. So I got to kick, kick, uh, check something off my bucket list and go to Glacier National Park. Absolute heaven. I was like, I, I didn't know I could feel like this outside. Like it was just, I would love to go back there. I kept telling my mom, mom. My mom's not a big National Park fan because she thinks that you know, the government shouldn't own any land. And I'm, I'm kind of with her, but I'm like, but mom, I want to take you there. Um, so we're, I want to take my mom there. And um, so if it were up to me, that's what I would be doing. I would be outside all day long. I would be um, at the beach. I would just be I would just be doing things, you know, and my friends John and Stacey were like, well, you should do more of that. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, because that's not how my life is led. My life is led by God. And what's interesting about living my life for God is that there are times when, when I really need a break, what, when we do something, it's big and it's purposeful. So it's like we almost get to store up all the little things that other people do just because they want to, to go and do the things that we need to do. Mm -hmm. And so we took a 3000 mile bicycle trip around the entire country. We, then we just didn't go or leave anywhere because I needed to take care of my grandma and I needed to take care of my uncle and nobody else would do it. There wasn't any, there wasn't anybody else to do it. So we stayed. And, um, it, it, since the, um, kind of the advent of resistance chicks, it, it's been more difficult to travel. That's one of the hardest things for me to do is travel. And that, that's the thing like, Oh, you get to go here. You get to go here. Well, I have to leave behind my mom, the animals. It's not the same, but I will say this, the trip that we took to Plymouth, in 2013, we took our dogs, my mom, my uncle, and it was after my uncle had gone through a, a, a tongue cancer and it was really hard and Uncle Jack doesn't go anywhere, um, but it was a miracle year that we had with this man and he decided to go because he knew that we couldn't leave him. And so we took this guy in a wheelchair and it actually got into National Park, um, the John Adams Museum for free because, you know, he's He's a senior citizen in a wheelchair, so that was great. Um, and we got to take him to all of these different um, monuments, and we learned. And then the next year, we took two young men from Teen Challenge back there. And my my soul on those trips filled because God said, this is where I want you to go, and this is now. And then throughout the past couple of years, we've been doing things to where it's purposeful. And so to apply that to purposeful life, purposeful relationships and listening to Holy Spirit and going to back to where I'm 16 years old and I dedicate my life to God. And I think we, we, we've gotten so far away from, I think that early Christians understood that to dedicate your life to God. I know they did. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go. No. And to dedicate my life and to know that I, I thought I was getting married right away because here I'm going to believe in courtship. Um, I went to this Eric and Leslie Ludi thing. They never kissed before they were married. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. This feels right because I want to make sure 
that whatever I have is for one person only because I don't want a string of broken hearts. I feel like there's a connection that is meant only for that person. Biblically speaking, um, I feel like that's only for one person and you're not going to make sure until you're actually married that that is that one person. And so I made these commitments and I, I was so eager and, and I'm going to Rama Bible Training Center and I'm like, I'm sure that I'm going to find somebody here because I know that I've dedicated my life to God and that it's going to just be wonderful and perfect. And I'm not going to go into any gory details because there aren't any gory details. Okay. Um, the, you know, there, there were, there were several people that became friends and very, very good friends, but there, you know, when you, when you, when you hear the voice of God and you cultivate the voice of God, what Michelle was saying earlier is that anything outside of the voice of God gives you a sick, sick feeling in your stomach. Mm-hmm. And, Nothing. Oh, Go ahead. That is so good. I'm just going to highlight that. Yeah. Man, that is good. And this is a really good way as well, If when you're listening to God, to gauge prophecy. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And and there were several people and several opportunities and several things, but it was always like when you looked into the future, it was empty. And I got this sick feeling in my stomach, like, ugh. Like that's no, sorry, that's not you. And like Michelle was saying earlier, it's like, I know who Michelle is. I know who Scott is. I know who my other half is. And nobody's going to tell me that I don't know that. And nobody's going to tell me that, um, nobody can tell you, let's put it this way. Nobody should tell you. Okay. Besides your parents and help you out here who, who your other half is and nobody should rush you into something. And, this whole time I told God, I said, God, because my mom, my mom always said kids are a blessing, kids are a blessing, kids are a blessing. I could never imagine people who, who practiced birth control and did not want all of the children. And so when I met the Cantrells, I was like, you are my people. Your, your soul is my soul. You get what I get because I am 42 years old and I, ha- I don't have any kids. And people always ask me about my kids and things like that. And I just smile. And this was a testimony that I used to up until three days ago. Um, not want to tell up until, you know, I don't like to tell it. I used to, I used to love to tell it because Michelle and I would go and we would, we had these promise rings and mine cracked finally. And we're until I was 16. And, and, um, I remember going to the jewelry store one time, getting a resized. Um, and they're like, well, make sure that when you come back, you actually get a diamond one. Like, well, this one's pretty cool. I like it. It's gold. My mom bought it for me. Um, and it says love is patient. And I'm like, oh, love is really patient. Um, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> It's true. So, you know, it's one of those things where I always be like, okay, God, when I'm 22, and then when I'm 23, God, and I'm like, when I'm 25, when I'm, and it just kept, and it kept going and going and going and going and going. And and we would speak to young girls and we would tell them the virtues of this, the one true match, saving yourself for the one that God has for you and not having a string of, um, we call it in our Virgin Diaries, which I think there's only one up right now. Uh, that we had done, um, that we we're, oh, I'm not going to go in that one now, but it was a funny comedy sketch on this. It was excellent. It was excellent. Um, you, we want to tell about it? You want me to tell about it? Go ahead. Come on in. See, I love this, because I'm not normally allowed to talk about it. Because Leah, up until three days ago, we couldn't talk about it anymore, you know, right? Anymore. Yeah. Okay, so TLC, the Learning Channel, comes out with a show where they literally follow people who are saving in themselves in saving themselves for marriage. And they started 
And it, it was really embarrassing because they were really trying to make fun of them. How awkward they would. They filmed the first kiss and the first kiss of this one couple that gets married oh, is like so the gross. worst kiss you've ever seen in your life. Ugh. And they and they really per portrayed these people that did this as very awkward. Anybody they they what the Virgin Diaries was following people in their 30s who were still yes. yeah. like us. Not, Although we weren't, we were in our twenties when I we did really it. Really, don't we? feel like they were like us. No, the United States. But mean. I do know. Okay, yeah, yeah. and so Lee and I, just, we got so mad at how awful they were, how awfully they were portraying these people that we decided to make a comedy sketch and we called it Leah and Michelle's Virgin Diaries. Yeah, and and it and it kind of made us mildly famous on YouTube. That's how our channel and got our a friends, start. Our, and friends our friends loved it. it. Yeah, we and, would talk about you know. We would get we would just come up with sketches like we'd find a um a stud, a stud finder. finder. And so I would be like, Michelle, you know, this thing that we got to the store, it's it's a stud finder. And I keep trying to go and put it up to guys and it's not beeping. <laughs> Why doesn't it beep? It says it will beep if it's near a stud. Right. And then like, you know, we go to we 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 would remodel our house and we were at Lowe's and Home Depot a lot. The contractor pickup. There is never a contractor to pick up at the Home Depot. It's highly disappointing. It's you show false up. Advertising. It is false advertising yeah. when you go to Home Depot and there's never a contractor to pick up. Yeah. Okay. So we go through this series of of different things and it ends up we did seven mm -hmm. episodes of these. This yeah. is back when YouTube wouldn't let you have a 15 minute video. Right. Okay. And they were really really funny and and you're getting to the ice cream thing or no. the cake thing. Is yeah. that what you wanted to get kind to? Kind of. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. So at one point we were trying to, it was, it was, it was funny, but we were also being serious. The importance of saving yourself for marriage. And one of the examples that I told this to you was if you are, if you're a dude and you walk past a, a cake shop and you're going to buy a piece, you see this beautiful chocolate cake and you want that chocolate cake. You're like, I'm going to go buy that chocolate cake and you get it and they give it to you. And not only is there one slice gone or two slices gone, or three slices gone, four slices, there's crumbs left. So if you find a girl that's been, that's been, I will use this phrase because we were talking about planting plowed through you. It's not that great as seeing the chocolate cake that has never been touched. So then we use that example for, okay, girls, if, if for, in a, for a girl, the dude is your ice cream. And it's like when you pull back that, that lid on the ice cream and it's perfectly velvety and smooth. And yet if the guy has plowed a lot of fields it's like a lot of girls have had their spoons in that ice cream and you get down to the bottom and it's just junk of yuck of people that have slobbered into this pail how much better is it to open up your own thing of ice cream or get your own chocolate cake that is fully intact so we were trying to make light but also show the seriousness because you don't think about it in those terms yeah right yeah you, you, you sexual backwash yeah that's your that, that's really gross but and and there is a kind of a conversation on this, and I, I don't like the conversation of, um, you, I don't like the word virgin. I feel like it's been too perverted. I just and that's why Michelle put on Rumble virtuous, that's virtuous good. because if you're virtuous and you're and you're virtuous from the beginning, then there's a value in that, and you value that person, and you value God, and you and you and and the, the essence is is this: do not take that which is not yours. What God has put together, right let no man put asunder. And what God didn't put together, don't try to put together. And it's like putting a, for many of you, you're even in marriages right now. And you know God didn't tell you to marry this person. And this is the, this is goes back to the war. Okay, this goes back to, okay, we can't take on the enemy right now. Because we're too busy in the hospital taking care of you. I think this is really good. And I think what's important here, when we 
look at this. And you just said the war. So I want to point out a couple of things. And it's one of the things that in parallel to this, it drives me batty. Okay. If you could imagine using virtuousness as a principal hub on this. And if we had that sort of, I think the good word would be piety before God. Oh, I like that word. Okay. Yeah. And we were committed to the war with virtuousness and piety. I love that. We would all be focused on a singular mission in the body of Christ. Mm. And in so doing, we would defeat the enemy in a very short amount of time. Now, I say this because I hear a great deal of lip service to, I'm in this war with you, brother. (laughs) Okay, that's great. Except it doesn't translate well. Mm -hmm. And like like you say, one has to walk the talk, not just talk it. So... When I look and I measure the depth of somebody I truly want on my right and my left in this fight, and I'm not talking from a rear detachment, rear debt area where you're back there and you're able to throw up a couple beers and and kick back your feet and say, that war is pretty nice as it's way off there in the front lines. You two are describing in this walk that what it takes to walk at the point of the spear. Mm. And... It's important because if we don't have that, then we're not going to achieve the great victory, in my opinion, that is before us. And that great victory is anchored in the resetting of morals, virtuousness, and piety before the Lord to reset our nation. Mm. And what you have demonstrated, as I've come to know both of you, is your commitment to that level of victory. Mm-hmm. So an action that, you, that gets translated very coarsely and very inaccurately, which is virgin, yeah. which is absolutely the wrong word, is in fact a commitment for a greater victory, knowing that through that victory, God shall provide during or after all that is needed. Yeah. And when we commit to that level of commitment, we're in this game to win. That is truly what we call all in. All in. And and that was something that I hope that you guys all get the call. Because when you get the call, like I got it when I was just a child. And it was like, will you follow me and, and you will do great things? And I hear I heard that as a child. Follow me and you'll do great things. I remember there's a little kid song. And it talked about how um, one of the centurions went to Jesus and he said, um, my servant is sick, but I know this. If I, too, am a man under authority, I say, come, and they come. I say, go, and they go. If you just say the word, I know, my, my servant will be healed on my way back. And there was a little song, and I, I remember, and I'm like eight years old, and I feel it in my bones. I, too, am a man under authority. I say, come, and they come. I say, go, and they go. I, too, am a man under authority. Just say the word, and I know they'll be healed as I go. And the way I took that in my little brain your, was... Your voice is back. Oh, yeah. I just want to point out something, though, very seriously. Mm-hmm. Your voice has come back as you've told your story. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Keep going. So um, the way I took that song as a kid was, I, too, am a man <laughs> under authority. I say, come, and they come. I say go and they go. I could feel it as a child, um, the voice of of God. And even through all the the trials and the the mishaps, 
And, you know, in those worship sessions, and I'm so glad that my mom took me to worship sessions and to, and she just immersed us in church and just said, listen to God for yourself. And at 16 years old, I'm leading youth group. And, 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 and when I'm going to Raymond, nobody else is leading people street witnessing. And I'm like, okay, I'll do it. I'm 17 years old. And there's people of all ages and we're just going street witnessing and we're, um, we, I, I'm not I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that I am the only one going up to people and asking them if they want to accept Jesus and presenting the gospel to them. And they're all watching. They're like six-year-old people, 40. Like, I think this is how we do it. Like, I made it up. Like, literally, everything that I've learned ministry was like kind of watching some people online and then just making it up, asking Holy Spirit, how do we do this? Okay, my friends are like, we're, we're Christians. Let's go street witnessing. And I'm like, Okay, God never done it before. How do we do it? And nobody else knew how to do it. So I was like, well, let's just go find some people, you know? And we did, and we found some people. And I'm like, well, they're saved. Let's get them baptized in the Holy Spirit. So boom, every, you know. But the Lord told me, He said, you're doing kind of kamikaze healing. Uh, you're not even doing healing. You're just doing kamikaze salvations. I need to teach you how to 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 actually get these people in the kingdom to stay. That's good. You know. And so we had to come, and He taught us by taking care of my grandma and my uncle how to love deeply and serve the least of these and find your power and your anointing in service. And I remember I have a very wealthy aunt and she came and sat on my couch and she said to Michelle and I, you girls are too pretty to do what you're doing, which was what we were, we were taking care of my grandma, my uncle, and we were cleaning houses for the elderly and visiting them in nursing homes. And she said, if you come and you work, we will, me and my uncle who started Procter & Gamble in Russia, and we went to Russia for that wedding um, that he married his interpreter. He he said, if you guys just follow under us, we will take you under our wing and you will pay people to go to the nursing home like you guys are doing. Because the, her words, exactly, little people do that. <laughs> and I was like, you don't understand. These were elderly people that had because we were taking care of my grandma and they're like, well, well, can you send the girls to come clean my windows? And we would, we, these were relationships that we forged, like with a one lady named Edna. She was from Australia and uh, she gave us a, a real Australian boomerang. And we heard her story and um, she became a friend and she went to nursing home. She didn't have anybody. So we went and visited her and she was so grateful. She had tears in her eyes every single time, every single time we went. And she actually was medically suicided in a nursing home. Wow. So in a local nursing home, she was so she would she begged us with tears in her eyes to have us have her come live with us, and I just didn't have the room. And uh, she hated being in a nursing home, and the people in her in her family just didn't care. They like had the money; they could have brought her to live with her. She was purpose. Per, she actually was perfectly able to move. She'd be in the nursing homes. I learned to hate nursing homes. She would cry. She said, I haven't had a shower in a week. They won't let me bathe. Uh, we have to intervene for these people. Why aren't their families intervening for them? You go into the nursing home and, and, and these elderly people are just staring off in the distance. And I knew, and, and, and I knew that I couldn't allow that to happen to my grandma, my uncle. That's not going to happen on my watch. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I don't care about well, the ramifications of that because that was a calling. And um, Edna, just as a side note, um, she was medically suicided. We went and visited her one day, did we not, Michelle? And she was perfectly fine. But she was fidgety. She was up, moving, dressing herself, walking. But she was fidgety. And she goes, you girls can't be here. Wasn't she perfectly fine? She was perfectly healthy. And she, I know we were just talking to her. How do you like it here? And she's, per and she's just fidgety. You girls can't be here. You girls can't be here. You guys, girls can't be here. We hear two days later, she's dead. Like, well, how did she die? They gave her something. Her, 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 her niece told her they gave her something because she didn't want to live anymore. We do medical suicide in United States. Oh yeah, she was perfectly fine. Absolutely, she just was so 
angry of being in the nursing home. And so I, these are the kind of fights that I can't turn away from. You know, I can't, I can't. And so it's not, I know that a lot of people, they get married and, and I'm telling you guys this in all love, you are not, we are, we are losing the battle and we are ineffective in the kingdom because you are putting your flesh in front of your calling. And I, 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 I wanted this to be from the heart and I wanted this to wake you up and I wanted to call this virgin queen wakes up sleeping warriors and, and to wake you up, man. What are you doing? There are children being sex trafficked. My mom, we were in Tulsa, and some woman put their child in a washing machine. And then I heard of a woman putting a child in a microwave. What is happening when I drive through these downtown inner cities? And I know that I, too, am a man under authority. I can say come and they come. I can say go and they go. And I'm telling you something. By you and your sexual perversion, I'm not angry at you. This is just facts. By you getting married and going after yourself and going after your vacations and taking your trips and doing all these things, you are summoning up demons. And for everyone I cast out, you summon up ten. And it's not just trying to fix you. It's the fact that the, the porn that you're looking at, I am going around the state and I'm going around my city and I'm casting out demons and you are, are, are actually performing satanic ritual abuse, not even quite understanding it because if you're, especially if you're watching pornography, you're, you're actually summoning these demons up and I can only do so much and Scott can only do so much and Michelle can only do so much and Brian and Alicia can only do so much, but I have good news for you. The word that the Lord gave me because... Um, I talked to Brian and he said that glad tidings is often called a cult. Oh yeah. And glad tidings is trying to cast the demons out of people and take, sending them to judgment or sending them to lake of fire and trying to get these people free. Okay. But there was a doctor who gave us a vision, a, a kind of a visual of this, that, you know, they're doctoring up people and, and, and trying to pull people out. There's all these people stuck in the river. And as the river's flowing by, they're trying to pull one out one by one. They're trying to pull and the other people are keep going by. And nobody's stopping to see why are there people being thrown in the river? Where are they coming from? Why are there people being thrown in the river? And so my goal has always been, yes, heal the people and try to pull them out of the river. But my goal, honestly, is to get to the get to the stop and to stop it. And to stop what's happening. And the pushback that we used to receive um, was so great. <laughs> Give me some energy. Yeah. Okay. Was I can do this show by myself if you need to, because I'm on a I'm on a roll. You keep going. Yeah. You're good. Okay. The pushback that that Michelle and I've received from from a lot of this has been a lot. It's so great. But when I what Bards Fest did this this one did. Oh, the rumors will begin now. It, Bards Fest, Bards Nation, been taken over by resistance chicks. Yeah. No, for real. No, like the message of repentance and get in the fight. I think you already have that. Uh, I think you just need the how. And I think I'm here to tell you how. And I'm here to show you how. And this was something that the Lord kind of spoke to me. It was like, there might be some other people like me out there. Okay? I but I, You are. But, but what I mean is this. People that have, have done it since they were born. Fair enough. I want to point out something, though. I think it's important because in this hour, you've led by example and you've been prepped for this to lead. Mm-hmm. And it's important because you have, to, as I said today, I mean, I'm this focus, I mean, I can take my life back to the, the path that's leading me here with all the skills I have that goes back to as far as I can remember. 
the walk in when I was called per se by name, it was the morning, fourth morning in jail, when I woke to God, to God's voice saying, "You will return to storytelling," mm. and I listened. So the question I'm going to, as you go forward here, because you're going to lay out some stuff, and I want everybody to ask, is what do you wake up with a passion to do? Mm. And if it's not chasing after some mission that relates to the kingdom, then you need to recalibrate Mm -hmm. because this is a war. And I'm I'm being very straight about this because what we're talking about here, and Leah's framing it in a lifelong pursuit, which is excellent, and she's got some great things to say next, and this is why I wanted to set this up, is that this is a passion beyond passions. This is a life. And to... They, by the way, and I, I'm not being, I'm, I'm no way am I being arrogant here, no prideful, but I run a very hard pace. Okay. I do. And, and I, and it's I, like you're trying to catch up and read and for all the years that you weren't and you go so fast to get there and you do it so well. And it's amazing how fast you run to get there. And everybody can do that actually. Right. And what I'm saying is this isn't a pace that most people stay with. Mm-hmm. I keep it and I can live it, but you two keep up with me. And there's not many that can. Mm-hmm. So, and that includes all the extra stuff that you do in your lives. So, I'm, I'm as we start into this next part of this with Leah laying out some stuff. I'm gonna, I'm challenging you to literally to ask yourself what your walk is because everything in your life is going to at one point or another be stripped if it does not relate to the Lord. If your heart is not in alignment in everything you do, it's going to be a very bumpy transition or you'll get left on the side of the road. And I know that sounds brutal, but it's a fact of war. It does. I'm not relating that to whether you're going to get to kingdom or not. I'm talking about the war and the war that we fight. And right now, God is throwing a threshing on this earth and he is shaking out that those who will walk purely and those that are going to stand on the side and do whatever they do. And at the core of that, you're going to have to have a humble heart, a loving and forgiving heart, and you're going to have to humble yourself before the throne, knock off the chips on your shoulder, get off the arrogant of of the stools that you put yourself on, and you're going to have to get down on your knees, and you're going to have to learn to walk in the trenches and get dirty. And you're going to have to do it every single day, and you're going to have to do it without notoriety. You're not going to have fame. You're not going to have the limelight. And you're going to have to be able to walk as a servant, not a, not a top-notch whatever you are. So you don't get to rank yourself. Mm-hmm. You become one of the body. And when you do that, then truly you are starting to walk in the path that the Lord gives you. And with this, so last thing, and I'm throwing it to you, because I just want to highlight this. Mm. When I get on this every day, this channel has grown immensely. Mm. And let's talk about the size of this ministry, which is greater than I've ever imagined. I don't care about the size of this ministry. I only care what God wants in this ministry. Bingo. Okay. If this ministry fell to two people online or zero, I would do this every day at the same pace at the same time in which I do. Because if, the, my, if this God leads me, my God, our God leads me to do this, I can be talking to a wall without, with a mic that has no power. And I will do that if that's where he points me to do. So it isn't about numbers. It's about his voice 
It's about his directions. It's about the obedience to him. And it's about a pursuit of that at a pace that is farther and faster than you can ever imagine. And you are living for that because it is everything that you live for. Nothing else matters. Everything gets cast aside because that's the purity of the fire in which you walk. Now you can go. So that's all amazing. And, you know, when I was 16 years old and, and walking um, in a, a very heavy prophetic and I could just pretty much go up, go to anybody and get a prophetic word from them. Um, the Lord said, you reach a ceiling with what you can do with ministry like this. And what I was learning at, at um, Bards Fest, and thank God to the, for the children that kind of showed me this, is that it's wonderful to do healing ministry and I want to do healing ministry and God wants you healed and I will stay and pray with you for as long as it takes. But there's an enemy out there and when you are healed, let's go fight. Let's go, let's, let's get out of the hospital for a minute and let's go put the enemy in a hospital. <laughs> yes. Amen. You know, and I, oh, man. I, when that, that, I, you and your mom have something going on here. I have always been, you know, the, the like the pedo slayer. Like seriously, why don't we take these guys down? And I'm I, I, one of the reasons I I left the church was because their namby pamby forgiveness shtick. Um, like I get I get the forgiveness because you got to let it go, but forgiving and letting people off, I that is not in my bones. And if that's in anybody anybody's bones, I dare say, do you have testicles? Um, because. I feel like I have more than you. Like, what is, I almost killed a guy for being in a room with my sister and I knew he was an adult. So that was a big deal. Um, and I literally almost killed a guy. I'm like making calculations in my head, like how long will I serve for this? And um, or how come, like, I, I, I hear the stories from people who have been molested and they, their parents have said, if that ever happened to you, I'd kill them. I've never met anybody who did that except for one. A one, I met one whose mother found out that she was molested and she locked her husband in a car and set it on fire. Let's go. And the judge did nothing to that mother, by the way. And he went to, but he didn't die. And he went to prison and he was killed in prison. Hmm. And hmm. that to me shows a warrior heart. And that to me shows a person who knows and values their child. Um, and... We watch all these movies and it's almost as if it's an MK ultra where they make it so that it's fictional to be the hero. And Michelle and I have written a song called I, I dream of being a hero. You sing it? Not right now. Cause I don't have the words with me, but it's, it, it goes like, um, I think it's, it's, I dream of being a hero. Um, I forget, I forget the words. And when I let myself go into my imaginary oh, get world, over here. get over here, get over here. I don't remember how the Michelle, the Michelle, all right, here we go. We're gonna okay. get it again. I don't remember. Right. I just, just sing a bit of it. Go into my imaginary world. I can be anything you just say the word. I can be the bold defender of the universe, the fearless knight who breaks the dragon's curse, the gallant knight who something, something. Ah, we can do it. But it, yeah, it's, but Jesus makes you a hero. Okay, and that's the point of the song. It's a piano and guitar song. It's a it, Jesus makes you a hero and. That's what I've wanted to be, and I've been looking around, and it feels like Hero Land is empty. And what I've noticed at Bards Fest is that the reason Hero Land is empty is because you have to be pure and holy and righteous to enter Hero Land. And you know, it's kind of like the Knights' um, code, 
right? Mm-hmm. They 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 took like a warrior monk value they're supposed to, anyways, um, to defend, to protect, for purity, for honor, for mm-hmm. sacrifice, and that's what it takes when we're when we're facing the demonic that we we are facing right now. And every time, every, it's so funny. I hear people say all the time, "But you know, you can do that if you're married." And I'm like, "Yeah." If God told me to, so stop trying to put things in my mind. If God tells me to do get married, do you not think I would be already? You okay, go what, back. What, what do you mean by that? You know, you can do that if you're married. You can still minister and you can oh, still sure. do anything if you're married. Why? And, and it's like they feel like I'm putting it off. Like there's, like there's, like like you have a choice of all these guys. Like for, you know, and and they're just. Why don't you just put a pair of shoes on? What's wrong with you? Why are you walking around barefoot? You know, that's not how this works, guys. And because you did it that way, we're in a mess. Ooh. Okay. Because your ministries, most of you are not effectual. Most married ministers are not effectual. I will just say that. I've seen you. You're pastors in a churches, and your churches are deader than a doornail. Okay. And that's what we call the dead stone wall skinny jean pulpit in the marshmallow pew. Yeah. Who's doing it? Who? Brian and Alicia. Yes. What, what do you mean when they're doing it? They're married and they're doing ministry. Okay. Positively. So yes. They're married and they're doing ministry. Correctly. They're one of the only ones. And that's why we connected. I was like, yeah. finally, somebody, you know, but seriously, the, the selfishness in people, mine is mind boggling to me because how can you call yourself a Christian and say that you want to be a servant of Christ when you know that you know that you know? That what you're doing is not God calling you to do it. Wow, that is so good. And it's like, I want, this message was not supposed to be hard, but it's been bottled up for a long time because it's, you know, we've been joking about being tired this week or whatever. the, The whole pace that we've had our whole lives is just sleeplessness because it's, it's a constant battle of, of fighting for, for people. And I love it and I want to do it. And at what the encouragement is that we've got John and Stacy came on, Sam's coming on, um, Jace is coming on. My, my friend Corey, you've we, we met you and everybody in the Bard's Nation. And the reason I know I can say this to you guys um, is that you are the fighter generation, and all you want to know is what can I do to to fight. And I will say this: you wake up every morning, you say, "Good morning, Holy Spirit. What are we going to do today?" You open up your Bible, you read it your founder's Bible, use promo code RC. Um, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Resistance. Oh, it's resistance chicks. Don't use RC or bars. I'm just kidding. No, you're not. Read your I, Bible. I, no, do get it. Okay. Yeah, do get the founder's Look, Bible. And I'm just going to segue in here a minute because it's important. You have to have a Bible for the times. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's different versions. There's plenty of versions uh-huh. out there, but you've all heard me say this and I'm dead serious. When I, t- when we talk about go bags, when we talk about emergency supplies, we talk about the kits you have for the time of war. One thing no one ever puts in there on the top of the list is a Bible. Come on. Mm. So you need one. Yeah. Bottom line. And like in your vehicle, my founder's Bible rides with the vehicle with me. It rides at home with me because that's my weapon of war. It's my primary. And it's important. Why the founder's Bible? Because this is the Bible for our time. Yeah. It deals with our country. It deals with the documents of our country. And it's essential. So yeah. If you're gonna, if you don't have one, get one. Yeah. Where can you get them? Go to thefoundersbible.com. Yeah. And I'm gonna be. This is just a blatant push for you to get yeah. something. Yeah. Save some money. Use Resistance Chicks or Bards as your promo code. Yeah. And buy one. And it's straight up. It has to happen. Go ahead. Yeah. 
I want to so, add something really quickly that you just said that Lee and I looked at each other and we were like, oh, wow, that's interesting. You said go bag. Yep. So when we took our 3,000 mile bicycle trip, I don't know what prompted us to feel like we needed a name, but we came up with go bag because it stood for get on a bike and go. Wow. Or go broken arrow gals because we were leaving from broken arrow. And now you just added a third element to it, which is a go bag. And I never back then we weren't thinking about go bags. Yeah. Right. What that is. And I think it's really important for us to understand that moving forward, we need to have a go bag. And it's not so much a go bag for, oh, what if the poop hits the fan? It's a go bag because if God calls you to go somewhere, you need to be ready. So having your Bible in your go bag so you can get on a bike and go or go where, get on a horse and go where I have to change it. Go hag. Yeah. So this, it, this founder's Bible is, it beat, my heart beats with this mm-hmm. and my heart beats with the heart of the founding fathers, and it, and, and Christians in general make make it so hard to be a Christian. <laughs> they pull you into sin, and they call evil good and or good evil. Leah, not everybody can homeschool. Yes, you can. Oh, can you on. tie your shoes? Can you <laughs> teach your kid to tie your shoes? My mom was a single mom. She worked nights. I don't want to hear your excuses. I'm tired of them, and I don't mean to be like that. I, you can do it. I want to encourage That's you. I don't a Scott want to. Be, sentence, but yeah, I, I'm not really. I'm. I'm, I'm actually excited excuses. because so many people are on the like. You need a cheerleader, and sometimes I don't want to be, but I will be your cheerleader. You can do it. You can. Okay, so Scott's the drill sergeant. And yeah. Scott can say, I'd kind of rather be, I kind of rather be a drill sergeant, but it doesn't go over very well sometimes. I'll just say it. So, um, get your Bible, start reading and get ready. Like for this, America's first school of higher education was started in Henrico, Virginia in 1620, but was wiped out by an Indian massacre in 1622. Not all the Indians were great, by the way, guys. Um, the second and the first to survive was Harvard college chartered in 1636. It rules set forth what was expected of every student seeking a higher degree, and they went to college at 14. So we have a lot to catch up on. Um, Let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life. The main end, the main end of every student and every student. Imagine if Harvard University instructed every student that let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life, and therefore to lay Christ in the bottom as the only foundation, the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning. That is why public schools must all be dismantled. If you are sending your child to a public school, there is no excuses. Find a way find a way because the only foundation for learning if you have to send your child to public school do what my mom said and she's like i don't care about your grades because you're being indoctrinated and i'm like but i want to get straight a's she's like i don't care unlearn it all um and i got straight a's anyways but she didn't care if you Um, could if you could see this like right now leah is like straight up in the holy spirit like it is just like (laughs) You almost watch like the Bible starting to like pages fly. And out if of you it. want to see it though, you can watch on Rumble. We and seeing the Lord only giveth wisdom. Seeing the Lord only gives wisdom. Your child, Pastor So and So, who is my friend that you send to public school, your child will not be as wise as they could be. They're not going to be Cantrell kids. 
Okay, see it as the Lord only giveth wisdom. Let everyone seriously set himself to prayer in secret to seek it out of him. If you want to learn science, if you want to learn math, math, and this is what uh, Doug Frank does so well. He knows science. He knows math. He knows engineering, and he knows it with the wisdom of God. Okay, and if you your children could be so much smarter, I could be so much smarter. Okay, if only I had been homeschooled properly the right way. What's going Let's on? Read this comment. Okay, Scott, go ahead and read it. I have a friend who is a single mom who works full time and homeschools two kids. She has only recently asked for other moms to help her help pick her kids up from activities. She's amazing. There you go. You can do it. And you shouldn't have to do it alone. A single mom shouldn't have to do it alone. We should we should be homeschool. There should be homeschool co-ops where there's like you know um, Angie and Tiffany want to start like a homeschool co-op together. They live in different states. We're praying about that. I, I'm hoping that God brings them together because that would be wonderful. But you know what? Tiffany can trust Angie to pick up her kids. This is supposed to be a a, a group effort here, okay? But even if you even if you can do you can do it alone. Um, for everyone shall so exercise himself in reading the scripture twice a day that he shall be ready to give such an account of his proficiency therein. They had to be able to translate the New Testament. Um, if they read it in English, they had to translate it into Greek. If they read if it was the uh, Old Testament, they had to be able to translate it into Hebrew. And they had to, and vice versa. They had that's how that's how much they had to, to know the word of God. Um in uh for example, a century and a half later, in, in 1790, the rule similarly required all persons of what degree soever residing at the college and all undergraduates shall constantly and seasonably attend the worship of God in the chapel morning and e evening, and all scholars shall at sunset in the evening preceding the Lord's day lay aside all their diversions, and it is enjoined, commanded upon every scholar carefully to apply himself to the duties in religion on set day, meaning making sure that on, on Sundays you had to follow Jesus, you had to follow something in, in Christianity. And these are the these are the these are the quotes that I read that I are in my soul and I want them to be in your soul. Get the Founders Bible. There's another guy, he did this with David Barton. David Barton has video series. Just play them over and over again until you understand that the the value of what we have and what we've given away. And that's why I fight. And so when it comes to whether we get married or whether we, whatever we do, it's the fight is Jesus. What is, what is your job for us today? You can do things. You can be pure. You can be holy. You can be righteous. You can live sinless. And we must because every single sin lay aside everything that is so easily entangles you and run the race. And you have all these pulpit preachers who are saying, oh, we all sin. And you've got and making up all these excuses. No, guys, you know what sin is. It's not, you know. And to me, it's not smoking, cussing, drinking. It's your heart. It's your value of listening to the Holy Spirit. It's going hard after him and listening to him. And you can do it. That's some good words. And that's a really, really, really good words. This is um, the heart is where this is at. So I'm going to talk for a moment to men. And this is, a, this is on point. There's a lot of prideful hearts out here. I'm not going to tell you I am void of pride, but I will tell you I have been busted down low enough to say that I've learned to very well to keep myself humble before the throne. And I will just give you an example today. I spoke with somebody today who I trust immensely, asked him to evaluate a word that I had to say, 
And my words were this, if at anywhere in here you find this to be wrong, rebuke me, because of what I had to say was significant, rebuke me, and I'll take it before the front throne and seek repentance. In all things, we have to seek God, and we have to do it in an amazing way. I see a lot of comments, and I, very positively, and I thank you for these, about how far and how I've grown, but the, it is not just me. Mm-hmm. These, the point of this is for you to see the growth in me means you have grown yourself. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. Okay, this is how far we have all grown. Leah is expressing a new benchmark. Michelle is, is mentioning a new benchmark. So embrace the challenge. It's that simple. Reach farther. Go farther into this. We've talked in the last last night, we talked about life because we are the givers of life. We're not the givers of death. But unfortunately, whether it's going to be tying your tubes, having a vasectomy, using an abortion, we become purveyors of death. We don't become the creations of life. These are hard things, and they redefine the fundamentals of marriage. They redefine our fundamentals of our sanctity within the Lord. They redefine our relationship within the body of Christ. All of these things are important. But the one thing at the core of this is arrogance will not stand. So if you're boldly standing and like you're standing on the mountain screaming to others at the top of your lungs of what you're doing and you don't have a humble heart, God doesn't need you to scream. He will look within you and find your fault and he will put you before the throne and all that was will be burned away and what was left won't matter. All that he will want to see is the meek warrior within. So if you built a persona around you with in the metaphor of this, the big muscles, the flexing arms, the great look in the mirror, and you have nothing in your heart, you're not in this fight. So it's a very important time right now for everybody to take a step back. And, you know, I I can already hear echoes of some things that will probably be said. It's like, you're not giving people a choice. The answer is no, I'm not. And here's why. It's very simple. God gave me a ministry to build and to direct. This is his words I'm speaking tonight. I will tell you straight up, I'm flowing in the Holy Spirit tonight. And I have no deviance from what he's saying and what he's fitting and what he's putting on my heart. He's here. I hope you're listening. Because this mission that we have going forward is critical. Bar's Nation, for whatever reason, has risen up out, out of nothing to be an inc- a very huge connector for the world. And we have a very important mission for all that are there. And if anybody doubts that, if you were at Bard's Fest, you know very well how powerful that moment was. I've heard criticisms of Bard's Fest about people doing deliverance or people doing speaking of tongues, you didn't witness the miracles then Mm -hmm. because the miracles happened all around. And there was not one way. It was a collage of effort that we worked together as a team to bring about the power of the Holy Spirit to raise everything in that place and to awaken the power of God. So if you have sat on the perimeter, if you haven't been embedded in the operation, you've missed a great deal of what happened. Mm -hmm. And all this week is an extension of that. And it's a complete and moving dialogue. And it's a complete and moving narrative. These shows have been longer. They're harder to listen to in one state. Thank you for staying and being here. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, and I really need to get to the core of this, is what God has directed me to do is to lead a ministry for him. Now, the question is, do we need the 30,000 or do we need the 300? And I will take the 300 any day. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not about numbers. What I want to help with, as God has broken me, lifted me, refined me, given me great counsels in war, where I continually have to humble myself and do things that I don't like to do. If you think, for example, I enjoy telling my testimony to the world 
or talking to you about getting a reverse vasectomy. I will talk about it rever- I will talk about it as God leads, but the fact of the matter is it is as he directs. Yes. Okay? That's the key. And in all aspects of our life, the farther down we go this rabbit hole, this walk rather, we all have to make that level of commitment. So there's a stepping. It's not to say anybody has to leave, but it is to understand that God is selecting. And in the refinement of these things and these mm. benchmarks that we place, there is a close, there is a narrow and narrow group of focus that we have to put our attention to, not because we don't love everybody, mm-hmm. but because God is tasking to build a mighty warrior base that whose heart is truly for him. Now, I can't tell you or explain to you how all this has happened in my life. What I know is what Leah said is 100% true. When he called me, the only thing I can do is try to find a way to run faster every single day Mm. and try to add more into reach. And what I know is as I reach, no matter whether the day is 24 hours or not, I still find time to put it in. Can I, I I want to just jump in. Um, Somebody says that my first marriage was a complete mess, but I'm grateful for my $2. Daughters, this marriage I have now is uh, such a strong bond, but not perfect. Um, Nothing ever is. He still needs to lead our Bible studies and readings. I read alone. He reads sometimes. Prayers needed that he leads in reading and and praying in the spirit. I hear that story all the time. All the time, all the time, all the time, and I'm, I'm I, some. I have some single friends who think that I'm a little bit of a stick in the mud, mm-hmm. and my stick in this mud is your man must be the spiritual head of your household before you get married. Does that mean God cannot redeem where you're in right now? No. Paul specifically writes to people like in your situation. He says, um, if you're married and you and you can stay in peace then stay in that marriage. Your children are sanctified. And but, you lead your spouse. And, and you, may lead you can lead your, your, your spouse into um, a beautiful, wonderful place, and, and, and we will pray for that. I actually got off the, the phone with Ryan, who is now going to be the spiritual head of his household that Angie has been praying for. Okay, aren't you, Ryan? Okay, it's going to be great. We walked through some healing, and now he's going to open his Bible. He's going to read, and he's going to lead because that's what we want. But ladies... God's not calling you to marry somebody who's not already your spiritual head of your household. He's not asking. God never asks you to marry someone and then pray him up. Okay. And so while we, here's the thing about Christianity. When Paul goes in and he wreaks havoc in a situation that's full of, you know, fornicating and adultery and idol worshiping, and he pulls them all into church. He lays out the ideal. Mm -hmm. And if for no other reason than for you to teach your children, because my mom got pregnant outside of wedlock and she married a man that she wasn't supposed to marry. And here I am not married. I say this, I haven't been married, but I've never been divorced. And I haven't had kids, but I have been one. And I have a mom who knew how to raise one. That's good. So, yes, I can tell you how to raise your kids. You know why? Well, I could just hand the phone to my mom if you'd like. Because I know, because I know. And because the Holy Spirit has shown me. And how do you know? I've had people say, how, how, how can you tell people what to do in their marriage? Well, because the Bible actually kind of addresses all, all of it. 
okay? And because you don't think that it does, shows me that you don't know the word. The Bible is clear on everything. Uh, Paul, Paul says he wasn't married, and he instructed everybody on marriage, okay? So there's, there is a place where you have to recognize that if you're going to train up your daughters, you say, I made a mistake. Well, we're married to dad, and, and, and just you don't have to say that, that it needs to be reversed or anything like that. God says, let's fix it, let's deal with it, but I will say you can't be on the front lines. Okay. Because you're still dealing with until you can't until you're you're dealing with and you're fixing this you're spending time fixing this and because you're you're one person times one person is one a half a person times one person is a half a quarter a half a person times a half a person is a quarter person and so you're constantly and these are hard truths to understand you're going to constantly be back here unless you do it right in the beginning. And God can redeem it, and that's who. And but you're you're here to learn these these hard truths that I had to learn, that my mom had to learn. So we're passing them on as a warrior who's been through battle, been through fire. Okay, to take it and to and 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 that's what a warrior does. A warrior takes it and says, "Okay, Captain, we didn't do that operation right. We're gonna we're gonna fix it. We're gonna make it right." So let me throw in something here and. That comment about what you said, and you hear that all the time. There is a way. And well, it's sure. an, well, I'm saying there's an important way. Yeah. And we talked about it. We did it this morning. And here's, if you're dealing with somebody you're, who you feel you're having to pull up, and if you feel that in the relationship you have, and you're honest with yourself, and it wasn't as that marriage was intended in the spirit, but it was a marriage of the flesh. I'm not making a judgment. Trust me, I'm not one to judge anywhere there. But here's something that's important. You can pray to break the soul tie to your partner and ask God to reforge one based on the foundations of Scripture and heaven. And God will, will fix things. And this is important because we sometimes we pray to God, fix it, fix it, fix, fix it. But how can we fix it when the structural mechanisms that bind us are the same? If we can sever those bindings and we can ask God to remake them, it doesn't mean when we say this, it all of a sudden, and so don't confuse this with saying like, I'm going to break my vows. I'm going to walk out of the house. We're not talking about this. This is at a spiritual level. And you need to be able to go in and say to, and petition to God, God, I'm praying to have this soul tie with this person I'm with, which we build when we're with somebody. You consummate it when you go to bed, be blunt. And then if you pray to have that broken and reforged on a one built in the piety of heaven, that's in God's hands, and he can provide. And this isn't, the example that I'm giving is not to make anybody feel bad. That's not it. But if you, ha if you don't make a proper diagnosis, then you can't have a proper remedy. Okay? And so when you're, when you, when you're married to somebody who's not the spiritual head of the household, you can't run with Scott and Michelle and I at that pace. Because you're going to constantly be pulled back because they are pulling you back. And that is a fact. And choices have consequences. And that is, and, and that choice may not have been made by you, may have been made by the world. And recognizing that and repenting from that and turning and, and, and doing the thing and asking God. And I will say you that, I will tell you this this is how you do fix that. My husband is a man of God. 
and you speak it over him. He serves Jesus. My husband leads these Bible studies, and you say it over and over again. And when the lie comes to your mind and says, I can't believe I'm the spiritual of the household. I can't believe I'm doing this. My husband is a spiritual household. He listens to God every day. The word of God is in this house and you speak it over him and you speak it to him because we call those things that be not as though they were. But I will say this, while you are doing that, you're not able to end the sex trafficking. And that is the the trade-off and that, and you have to do that thing. And that's what we're talking about healing up the people and that's why we I think that's why you're here is because you're getting the tools to heal up your spouse to heal up your marriages to not go into bad marriages to not go into bad relationships and this whole week if is 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 relationship boot camp from people who are not in a relationship because we are in a time right now like Paul said it is better to be single because you can do more for the Lord is that forever? No. But Mike Cernovich, and I know you know you're tired, but he 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 tweeted something out just to show you the seriousness of what we're in right now. Okay? Yeah, I know Mike Cernovich. No, I'm laughing because Scott's going for B12 again. Oh, this did okay. like my third dose of B12. Okay. <laughs> and we're like 2 a.m. I can't believe you guys are still with me. If when we win, we lose in 2024, I'll be hunted down and murdered by the regime. We have already had this talk with my family. All these goober conservatives think they'll be okay. They won't. Look up the Bolshevik Revolution. Y'all going to be imprisoned and you have no clue. Um, he says, anyway, showing those older tweets as I tend to be ahead years usually on subjects. People attack me and then years later copy my swag. Now I'll tell you the future. 2024 is a total defeat. RNC isn't even running ads on X, let alone doing other voter registration at the scale. And I would say, barring the intervention of you and I... He's not wrong. They are coming for us. They are coming for us. And so this whole powwow that we're doing right now is to save your life, to save your kids' lives. Because I believe it's one of those things like I know what's going to happen, but I know we have to do what's right to make it happen. And if you sit on the sidelines and you don't do what needs to be done, your family might not be okay. And that's just a plain fact. And you shouldn't need that kind of warning. You shouldn't need it. But God is giving it to us. The, the, the tea leaves are being read. Donald Trump is being indicted on four separate cases. These are not little cases. These are real cases that he could go to jail for. Mm-hmm. Um, even conservative lawyers, there's not one that says there's not a possibility. So what happens if Donald Trump goes to jail? All hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. Okay? Demons come out from everywhere. And you're stuck, no offense, praying for your spouse to be the spiritual head of your household. And you haven't been preparing the groundwork. Now, you can do both. You can pray for the nation and pray for your spouse, and you shall and you will. And we shall get your husband right with God because we need him. Okay? And we can walk and chew gum and play the tambourine and play the drums and sing a song and do a dance because that's what we've been doing. And that's what we are going to do. Okay? But what Bard's Fest did, thank you, Jesus, was give us reinforcements. Oh, come on! And I went around, and I was almost like I was dubbing knights. You want the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Knight. You want the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Knight, knight, knight. Here's your weapons. Now go. Okay? Now you're coming here, and you're going to... We've got two more days with Scott. 
And then he's going to go and he's going to go back to Oregon and you're going to listen to his soothing voice at night. Okay. <laughs> Instead of Leah Michelle at two in the morning, you know, like if I wanted to watch Leah Michelle, I watch Leah Michelle, which you should. Um, <laughs> because we're on the, we're on the tip of spirit. And while I have you on this one more time, one more thing, dear men who do, who do not wish that I should speak. If you were not full of lust, perversion, or desirous of fiat dollars, then I would be married having kids and barefoot running through a garden somewhere. But because you aren't, we're a nation of JLs, and I will tent spike these people into oblivion. Okay? And you're making me do it because this is a war and a battle in technology, and I am on the front lines, and I'm looking to my left, and... Mm, is looking at women and over here you're looking at porn and over here you're counting your dollars and I'm like fighting literally fighting every single day and you're not there with me when was the last time you did a, you did a video on Andrew Tate when was the last time you spoke the, the, this is why when people leave this battlefield this is where the battlefield is that's why I'm here I don't want to be here nobody wants to be in technology we're here because this is where the battlefield is and we are fighting. And that's why the women are fighting and are able to fight because it's not kinetic. Okay. And we are able to fight and we are fighting and we have weapons for you, men. If you would take them, you are stronger. You are faster. You can go harder. You can go with less sleep. Okay. You can go with only meat and not some cookies. Dang. I haven't even eaten a cookie since he's been here. I haven't had one in like a week. My goodness, I haven't had one since I went to Bard's Fest. I've only been, I've literally only been eating meat. You nothing. I didn't even, it doesn't even, it doesn't even dawn on me. I don't even want it. I know we've detoxed, but we use honey. But my point is, is (laughs) men, we have weapons. And if you would learn from us, because we have been on the front lines and we do have, I, would you like to see the heads of the, of the, of the the giants that we've slain? Because we have plenty and I can show you and I can show you how to use them. And you can come and watch Resistance Six, and we can show you how to take this, this, these, these bad guys down. Come on our show on Sundays, and we take down, we, we take on the European Union. And I know that's demonic, and I know they're coming after us. And I know my mom literally is the, 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 the spiritual intercessor who has our house surrounded by angels all the time. And she's like, I'm watching your show, and I'm praying for you. Okay? So listen to me. Sometimes listen to the ladies in your wife life. And some of you listen to your wives because they're getting words from God and you need to listen to them. Go ahead. I want to, I want to take a moment here because Scott did this for us earlier and this is very, very important. Um, and Leah, I actually want to lead this off and let you finish it. Cause you're the one that has the most passion about it. Okay. And you said this kind of on Sunday, but I want you to reiterate it a little bit, especially since Scott's been here all week. Okay. It has been unlike anything. If you want to know, you know, if anybody wants to know, what do you guys really want out of Scott Kesterson? Are you just in this for, well, there's got to be something you want out of him. There is. And there there is, and he's doing it. And he has met us. He has met and exceeded every bar we have presented to him. Okay. And what's more, 
not only are we presenting things to him, but he's coming and saying, no, God's speaking the same thing to me already. And that's why then he just, and it's so nice because these are the things that God's been showing us for years. Now God's showing Scott Kesterson without us even telling him. And he's coming at us and he's like, I'm seeing this. And we're going, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Okay. So yes, there is something. If anybody's out there going, what do you want from Scott Kesterson? Can I give the line? I'm yes. Gonna, okay, let me get the first line. We want you to fight with us. And that's exactly why I'm here. And we want yeah. you we want so these to it's fight a, with us. It's a word. Okay. We've been trying to figure out what this is all week, and God just gave it to me. Patriots, this is a war council. And that's what this was all week. Yeah. This was the war council to prepare for the next step. Yeah. We've been developed an inner core of that war council, and God has revealed it. And that inner core is five, not three. Mm. The three have been forged here, and that's the fellowship. There's an additional two, Brian and Alicia. Mm -hmm. That makes the five. Now, what does that mean? There's a vision that's been placed before Bars Fest, which makes completely, or Bars Nation, to me, which makes complete sense. And it's why we are building the partnerships, not the yoke. And this is important. Because the interpretation from the outside, from perspectives that are not looking deep within the hearts of who we are, which tells me a great deal on many levels. And that is that they're not seeing that it's a teaming for when you need to team. In the military, you call this opcon mm -hmm. or take on. And what it means is that you take a unit and you attach it to another to work together, to work in parallel for a fight, but neither unit ever loses its colors nor is it rebranded under one banner. It's an agreement. What we've done here today, this week, is bring you an enormous amount of information, which is about Bard's Fest extension. And it's created a teaming. And it is a war council. When I go next week to Glad Tidings, I'm the one, and I'm just saying this, like it, hate it, love it, this is not said in pride, it's what God's put on my heart. At the center point of Bard's nation, I become the ambassador to now build the next bridge, which will be at Glad Tidings Church, which mm -hmm. has already been forged, but now will be forged in a new level. And the, the connectors there will be Brian and Alicia. And what all this is doing is it's setting in play the strongholds of kingdom. There is a stronghold. Yes. There is a stronghold here in Ohio. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. We're working to acquire a stronghold in, in Kentucky. We have strongholds we are building in Oregon, and there's new locations, and there's intended to be nine by God's vision in this country. Did you know I just saw a video? I don't. I haven't watched anything online today. Did you know there's only nine numbers? I guess maybe you knew that. That's why you picked nine. No, God get picked nine. I didn't pick nine. So all numbers are one through nine, and then a repeat. Ten right. is one plus zero. Right. And so God's numbers are. God only has nine numbers. So what he wants is nine, and he wants and three. zero is not a number? No. No, it's not. No. Okay. No. If you have no food, you it have no right. food. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. every number is built on, I watched this, like, weird, it actually started out pretty cool, because, like, it was, like, started with Hebrew, and the Hebrew's letter for man and woman equal a certain number, and then when you add we'll those, we'll when you add those together, we'll the, the, the Hebrew number equals child. Scott, because we played on And the I was like, oh, my gosh, it's so awesome. And then it, it went a little weird. I thought it was going weird. And then you said nine, and I was like, I just, I haven't been watching anything online, because I haven't had time, and I was like, Sam sent me a, a funny goat video, and that played after it. And I was like, 
nine. Everything is nine. God's perfect. God only has nine numbers, and his complete number is eight. And it's just, it's just unbelievable. That's why you have nine, because God, there are only nine numbers. Nine. And there's three per region, Western, Central, and Eastern. Okay? This is, this is the battle plan. And what we're telling you here, and there's different voices, right? Typically on this show, you know I don't do shared interviews. That's been my pattern. But this week, as God placed on my heart to be here, and what we teamed to do was to condense a lot of information so that everyone would have it. Now, I don't want to make it sound like there's a bunch of criticism because there isn't, but I, but I feel it's essential, to, as we feel it's essential, to con- continue to present the context of what is going on here. Yeah. Because this is about open. What's that? Transparency. Transparency, Transparency. is what it is. Okay. And for our viewers, too. Because right, we've been streaming. You, you guys, it's, you know, Scott's been kind of, he does these shows. We do our Friday shows. So you guys are kind of catching like, where's the news? Well, this is the news. See, and that's what I've said too. And it, it's on my, and I can tell you, you're feeling the same. A lot of people are feeling the same. You're accustomed to a particular type of show, which to a certain degree will continue. Mm-hmm. But there is a shift going on. Yeah. Everybody that went to Bars Fest was changed and it's not temporary. It's permanent. Mm-hmm. This is how the Holy Spirit works within us. And when the shift is made, you have heard me, if you followed Bars Fest, you've heard, or I'm sorry, Bars Nation, Bars FM, you've heard me speak of the words bifurcation and Exodus 2.0, words that were given to me in 2018 to speak. And I spoke them first on Twitter and then later in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Number of people over the years have told me there's no biblical reference to that. And I said, okay, fine, but God's put it on my heart. There is a context now to understand what just happened and what that means. In Bargefest, what we experienced was the steps now of bifurcation and Exodus 2.0 by virtue of creating those that are healed and walking now within the Holy Spirit. We now have a dual world in which there are those walking in and with kingdom and the Exodus is the bridge that is opening when you are healed to step across into this new realm. Mm-hmm. That is Exodus 2.0 and that is the bifurcation from the existing world. And now I see God's word. But you see, I'm going to say this here, and, I, and unless you guys have something else. We can, f- yep, let's go to bed. And then we're going to do a prayer. But I, <laughs> is that what you want? No, that's great. I, just was, I was just joking. I was like, wow. Today. But that's what war councils are about, aren't they? Right, that's what war councils. So the point of all of this, and I, and I want to take this back and forward at the same time, is that what has happened here is obedience. And the obedience was two words that even when people were telling me I was nuts, I still held to it. And I'm not tooting my horn. I'm trying to make an example. Okay? I'm going to be obedient. I can have people call me and tell me I'm on the wrong way, and I will tell them exactly what I've told somebody today. I will take it to prayer. And unless I hear these words from God, any word given to me, no matter how well-intentioned, is not going to be executed in any fashion, in any form, unless the Father speaks it to my heart. End of story, period. End. Because the stewardship of what we are doing here is greater than me, greater than you, and only obedient to he. Yeah. So, I say all this because be prepared. Because to walk this path, there will be attacks. The next one coming is going to be the heretics that we are because we then we do deliverance and healing. And the in the church of the dead stone walls, the skinny jean pulpit and the and the marshmallow pew is going to come out alive and vicious because we are doing stuff that is outside apparently of doctrine, which means they've never read the walk of Jesus. Oh, bring it. So this is about reigning war. 
and we are in a war mode now, and war is upon us, and we are in the pre-stages of what is going to be a major battle. That's not something I say lightly. So yes, we've been given a gift. Yeah. And this last week is in this week, which will continue until Sunday, teamed here. It's allowed us all to share communities together. And from that point, then we will go our ways. Yes. But now when the time comes that God calls us together, as any good unit has done when you cross train, you now are familiar with one another and each other's styles. So that when you when God calls us back and we will be called back, there will be nine events if all goes as planned by God's blessings by next year. And that will bring us back together in different forms and different times. But while we are familiar with each other and we will not be disfamiliar in the critical moment of the war, this is the way we work. And this is the unity of tribes. Tribes never give up their colors. They don't give up their banners. They simply unite. And what are we united under? We are united under the body of Christ. But we have to learn to work together again. And that means deep dives. That means intense sessions to work out the understanding of the flow, to have the flow of the Holy Spirit, to be able to lead that with one another, to be able to bring communities together. And in the end, understand that we are all in one team, one fight. Our way of walking has to be different. And when you come to meet together, God gives us things that we otherwise wouldn't have. For myself, I have an inner council of people that I use and rely on. By wise counsel, we wage war, and I rely on it. That counsel is changing around me and showing itself as God needs to effectively make the next step in the war. As any good person knows, you do not remain static in the middle of battle. To do so, you are flat-footed and you are slaughtered. So God is leading away. A final word on this for tonight, and it's important, is that this. We are working from victory, not calling to victory. Mm. And in doing so, as we walk in victory and from victory, we have to understand that we need to allow God to place us where he needs us on the battlefield. That means changes is, change is part of the necessary foundation on which we operate. Mm. That also means the key word, adapt. Mm -hmm. So as things move and improve, you must be able to adapt and overcome. But it all centers down to the singular core issue that Leo was speaking of tonight. And that is you have to get right with the Lord. That means unburden your heart. That means in your relationships, reset yourself within the boundaries of kingdom reconnect through the holiness of, of the scripture and the Holy Ghost within your home and get your things unhooked. If you have addictions, break them. Get on with it. Call us for help. We're here. If you have baggage and burdens that are weighting you down, we have to break those chains and set you free. That is the point, and we have to move quickly. Time is of the essence, and it is not a time to be diddling around, doing whatever you're doing, thinking there'll be another day. Because quite honestly, the way this is moving and the speed at which we see it happen and the way you've witnessed myself and my meteoric, meteoric rise in this, and I'm not talking numbers, I'm talking about the way God has moved me in this, that should be a measure to how fast this war is moving. So it's time for a prayer, and I appreciate everybody that's been here tonight. It's been an amazing discussion, ladies, yeah. and always great. So Leah, why don't you lead? So Father God, for everybody who's praying for their spouses to rise up, we call on the warrior spirit in these men that they would hear the drums of war, 
and something would awaken in their spirits from the slumber that they have been in. And the Spirit of God says, come. And the bride says, come and join the fight. You have been lulled to sleep by the Pied Piper of technology in your job. But awake, my son, for war is at hand. Grab your sword, grab your helmet, kiss your wife and say, I shall return. I shall return with Goliath's head. Who are you to defy the armies of the Most High God? And your husbands will rise as you begin to sing God's praises and see them the way God sees them. Because you see them the way they are, they will stay the way they are. If you see the way they shall be, they shall be. You see, God gives us a vision of who people are in the future. It is why we have prayed and stayed with Scott for two years. Because I saw him in the future, and I saw what he did. And my mom stayed with me and prayed with me when I was crying alone, and I cried myself to sleep every single night until I was in my 20s, every night. And she stayed and she prayed and she said, God is in you. You are going to do great things. And so speak over your husband while he's sleeping. Drown his head in anointing oil if you must. Put it on his pillow. Say, may your dreams take you into the battlefield of victory. Wow. May you join arms and you lock arms with your brothers and sisters. And may you say, no, my husband, for you shall not go to battle alone. I'm going with you. And not only I, but my children, for our numbers are few. And we will all go to battle together because it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And the spirit of God is rising up inside of your home. It is shaking in your bones. Shall these bones live, says Ezekiel. And you will see sinew and flesh being put upon these bones, this army that God is rising and the blood vessels are forming and God is putting flesh upon bones that were dead. These dry bones are shaking. And God, can you see them? Your own home. The dry bones are shaking. You're, you're wondering. That's why I get phone calls. What is happening in my marriage? I think something is happening. Can you explain to me? Nikki says, I think that something's coming out of my mouth because something is happening. Can you tell me what's happening? Yes, the spirit of the Lord God is coming upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your old men shall dream dreams. And you shall speak forth the word of God. And we shall not go down in defeat. But we shall rise in victory. And thousands shall fall by our right side. And ten thousand shall fall by your left side but it shall not come near you and as for me and my house and that includes your unbelieving spouse we shall serve the Lord because we are locking ourselves inside the ark of God right now and so if your spouse if you're married he's coming with you and he's getting filled with the Holy Ghost and he's getting saved and you believe it and you see it and you receive it right now because the calling has already been done stay with the one who is your one and I shall make you one believe and you shall receive and you shall see the glory of God and what was once broken I shall forge again in the fire lay it down and you shall pick it up again whole your children shall be whole the, the the devices shall turn into snakes and they shall see the snakes coming out and they say mommy I don't want to look at the computer it's snakes it's evil and they will you you will say we are destroying that right now and the holiness that's coming upon this land the purity that's coming upon this land the guilt the shame is washing away in the blood of Jesus oh the blood of Jesus what can wash away my sins what can wash away 
away my sins nothing but the blood of jesus and what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of jesus oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other vows i know nothing but the blood of jesus the blood of jesus will cover your home your husband shall come home in jesus name father god as we close this evening out and we have great praise for all of you've done for us and all that have stayed here tonight in this fellowship father this prayer tonight as we close is for the men and the children Mm. May this be the hour of their call. Yes. For the men to rise and understand that their duty at all costs is now to step into this war, to empty their hearts of the baggage and to cut the ties and strings of those things that corrupt, to let the fire of the Holy Spirit burn within their soul, to rise up mightily in this hour, to stand before the cross, and to understand that the sacrifice brought the victory, but it's now us to bring the victory to this world. Father, in this hour, let the passion and the love of the children settle in deep within the soul of every man. Let him understand that they are the fathers and the stewards and the guards of the children. May it be time that the men take the place on the wall to stand mightily in the gap and to understand that their role now is the role of a martyrdom spirit. Let them stand now mightily before the throne to confess their sins and to free themselves, to stand again on the battlefield renewed. Let the armor you give be stronger and mightier. May the helmet of salvation be brilliant and shining. May the battlefield be seen for miles. And may people understand truly that as the earth has groaned in waiting, that the children of the God, of the one God, the true God, have now awakened. Mm. Father God, we ask for the blessings of all the men an anointing of this hour of a warrior heart. And we declare these things of the blood of Jesus. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Amen! Arise and fight. Step into the light. The Lord will give you might. You will, give in, you will be given new sight to send your enemy on flight. Nice. Patriots, thank you. Have a blessed early morning on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. On the West Coast, you've got about an hour to midnight. We're already deep into the morning. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning, actually. Mm -hmm. We're doing a special one on Saturday morning of Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest dead. Oh, I want to feel.